a freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Eward is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Power through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, we're going to do you on the internet. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk. Hello! Yeah, final hour of our morning uh, here on Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. We have ranked coming up here in 45 minutes. Um, I think we all needed yesterday, Brock. We all needed that Mariner game last night. Just to kind of take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Things had gotten heated. Everybody was mad. The team was playing, I mean, really, really badly. They got their butts handed to them in Texas. Everything looked like, you know, the world was coming to an end. Uh, kudos to Manny Acta, who came on yesterday with Bump and Stacy and basically said, no, no, it feels like the end of the world, but it's not. He said, they said, he went on to say they have a good group and, you know, pointed out. And I know it sounds Pollyanna in the moment, but here's what he said. It's a, it's a very long season. And, and, you know, a week changes everything. You could go for a week and, 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 and put things in order. And then the very next week struggle. And for, uh, for, I, I, I won't point my finger at you guys, but that's your job. And uh, uh, the people that are covering ball clubs on an every single day basis, I mean, they, they have to do their jobs, but uh, it's not like the season is over in a week or the season now we're in making the playoff in two days and stuff like that. But uh, that's what happens when you play 162 games. Yeah, I mean, just talking about the length mm-hmm. of the season and it, and it sounds awful when you're getting your butt handed to you by the Yankees and the Rangers. Nobody wants to hear that, but they can't panic inside there. Mm -hmm. They need to understand the sense of urgency. They know they need to make changes. You heard Cal Raleigh say that it stunk and they played like garbage and everything else he said. So it was good to hear them recognize it, but they can't throw their hands up in despair and try to figure out, you know, what went wrong and wait till next year. They got to go back out there. And I thought the good news, and it's only one game, was that they went out last night and played their brand of baseball. That was Mariner baseball last night, Brock. Mm-hmm. And they played against a team, by the way, that spent like a major market team, right? And now Bogarts is out for a bit. He's on the IL. But that team has been even more disappointing. They're five games under 500. They're 28 and 33. And their stadium is packed. They're sold out again. Majority of their home games have all been sold out, and they have just underperformed and underperformed and underperformed and got a bunch of guys that have contracts that they're not going anywhere. Like, you're just going to now kind of live with this and deal with this. And you kind of saw two different teams. And we felt that, by the way, with these two Eddie Vedder Cup teams that share a facility uh, down there in Peoria. Right. And we talked about it, I think, a little bit in spring training. Uh, one of them's got all the Rolls Royces and Bentleys and comes in as independent contractors with a lot of hoopla. And the other one's got a lot of trucks and, and cars and, and, you know, some, some of those things have normalized on the Mariner side. And, and that should be a strength of this crew. Mm-hmm. They should be close. They, you know, they, they, they should be pretty bonded together. Their young core is going to be here together, growing in this thing together. The only flip side to that that I would say to Manny is that's great for the players. That's great for Manny. That's mm-hmm. great for everybody who puts a uniform on and goes and plays. But for the ones that wear the suits that are uh, back home trying to figure out what's going on, it is a different world. There is a different urgency. There's not panic, but there's some things you have to fix on this I think team. that's very well said. Manny can't think that way. 
Nope. Not as as the third base coach, bench coach. I mean, he can't do that. He he's dealing with players every day and has to keep them focused and and you know one game at a time and all that. But I agree with you, Brock. Everybody else has to be taking stock of where they're at. They've gone you know a full sixty games into this season now, and it hasn't gone the way they want it to. They got to start playing their brand of baseball now again. It, what's so frustrating about a game like last night, and I don't mean to make turn a positive into a negative, is you're like, man, just why can't you do that all the time? Just play hit, your what, brand hit of baseball. <laughs> hit a couple of home runs, but it wasn't just that. It was nice to see them hit a couple home runs. They got the pitching they've had all year long. Logan was phenomenal last night. No, it was the little things, and Scott pointed it out with J.P. Crawford after the game. J.P. Crawford in the fourth inning is down an 0-2 count. He somehow works a walk. After that, it forced the pitcher to throw 17 more pitches, and now the starter's out of the game in the fifth inning. Those little things like that that maybe don't show up in a box score is a big deal, change the game. He's right. Yep. I think JP saw what they've not done. 35 not done. pitches total in the game. Mm-hmm. If he saw mm-hmm. 35 and was responsible for another 17, that's 52 pitches. That's JP, half of the starting pitchers. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yep. JP himself was in some way responsible for that is how you win ball games, especially in, in modern baseball. Yes. And especially with a couple holes in the bottom of that lineup, right? I mean, you, you don't go nine deep right now. I mean, they're continuing to give Colton Wong an opportunity to dig himself out Salk. And I was looking at the numbers last night. He is on the verge of not even having a 400 OPS. That's unbelievable. That, that is like, I don't think I've ever, ever seen that even with Abraham Toro or some of the other guys that have struggled. Like that's nearly, it's slugging like 160. I mean, it's, it's nearly impossible to have an OPS under 400, right? League average is probably what you want to be around 600 league average. Oh, I think it's higher than that, but I'll, I'll, let me get you an answer. Okay. So whatever it is, 600 to 650. 600 to 650 is maybe league average. You want to be certainly have a roster of guys over 800. That's going to help yourself to be flirting with 400 is, is, is it's hard to fathom. Well, and now you give a mic higher than that. Oh, it is yeah, really the OP, league average. Yeah. League average for OPS is 695. Oh, I'm wow. sorry. Yeah. 695. That's Wait, that was 1891. Hold on. It's 727. <laughs> no, the yeah. league average is 727. Yeah. How many Mariners are hitting OPS of league average? 727. 727 is league average. That's up from last year, which was at 706, which is the lowest Whoa. it had been since 2014. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I was yeah, league average is in the then. low 700s. Okay. I was trying to give some grace to some guys there because don't look at the OPS numbers of this roster right now. Don't do it. Don't, you really do not want to look at that because there's not even many that are league average. League average has only one time been over 800. That wow. was in 1894. <laughs> the yes. second highest year on record is 2000 when it was 782. Yes. Right. Yeah, and our buddy Pollock and uh, Mr. Wong are just nowhere. I mean, there's nowhere close to that. And you're trying to run Mike Ford out, and he's had an unbelievable AAA season. And, you know, can he give you a little bit of punch and, and, and figure something out? So this lineup isn't seven deep, which has been the majority of this season, right? And uh, that, that is what the guys in the suits. Not Manny Acta, not Scott Service, not the guys playing. I thought uh, Divish said it really well yesterday. I hadn't really heard it framed this way. But one of those things I wrote down, baseball is a skill set. It's skill set sport, not a try hard sport, mm. right? It's it's just it just is not a try hard yeah. sport. You it can't is a try your way sport. out of a hole, 
No, you can't. You can't try your way out of an OPS over 420. Like you just, it's a, either you got those skills or you don't. And, you know, this is now 60 games there. And I know Colton hasn't started all of them, but 45, 50, and it just isn't, isn't happening. So thankfully the pitching was great. Thankfully they did the little things right. Thankfully the you know, Munoz comes runs. in and throws gas. Thankfully you hit home runs. And it's almost as simple as that. Win loss record wise, hit home runs. You're going to win. I mean, really, hit hit home runs with how you pitch and typically play defense. You're going to win more than that. I think that's, you know, again, these are the things that have been frustrating as we sort of talk through what comes next for this group. Like, they just, they should be hitting more home runs. I mean, Teoscar Hernandez is a home run hitter. Yep. Uh, Say what you want about, about Eugenio Suarez, but he's always been a home run hitter, even when he was down in Cincinnati and didn't have his best years. I mean, some of that was defensive, 30 home runs, but he was still, I mean, he wasn't he the leading home run hitter in the league over a four or five year span. We talked about that last year. I mean, like he's always at least hit for power and And should hit you more than 10 home runs over the course of a year. Yes. Yeah, I would certainly hope so. I mean, Ty France should have 20 to 25 home run power with his swing and everything that he does and mm-hmm. more doubles and everything else. And Julio, I mean, like, yeah, I'm just Foul. expecting them to hit more home runs than they have. If they can yep. do it, Brock and these guys can turn it around and hit the other side of those averages and start to, you know, get closer to their career. They can have numbers. a week or two that will change things. They Hopefully. will. I hope so, man. I really do hope so, because what we've seen so far has not been anywhere close to that. We'll come right back, give you everything you need to know, including Seahawks out at practice yesterday. And again, today it's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yeah, it was a nice win for the Mariners yesterday, one they just needed. They had to get themselves going again, play their brand of baseball, and they did. Teoscar Hernandez went yard. They worked counts. And, oh, by the way, Julio got a mistake, and he punished it. Julio to lead off the inning with a swing and a drive. Deep to left field. Back she goes, and goodbye baseball. Upper deck over the line score in left field. Julio Rodriguez with... His 11th home run of the season. It was a blast. A high five from Manny around third. And it's now the Mariners three. And the Padres one. Holy smokes. What a blast off the bat of Julio. Confession. I'm watching the game last night. And, you know, as always, the beat writers who were there, especially on the road, are so far ahead of my TV. Now that we got the, you know, going through Fubo and I was sitting outside last night watching. It's like it just I'm like 25, 30 seconds behind reality. So I knew ahead of time because I saw Divish tweet out Julio's gone yard. So I was watching knowing that it was going to happen, but I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that pitch and that sort of just demolition of a baseball. That was awesome. That cement mixer spinning oh. at the top harmlessly. Oh. And, and that cookie eaten 435 feet away. Yeah, they smashed. That's supposed to be a not a home run hitting park, right? Like that, that's supposed layer, to be. Just like here. I think that's it's right. the one second, of the more difficult. The second by, by the water, right second there. to last yep. park in Park Factor after right here. You know, and as we talked earlier at the start of the show, as impressive as that was, I think Teo's driver, I mean, that was that was down, right? I mean, that, that looked like your driver, that when it's good and when it's on, it is it is devastating. Yeah, and that, that. that sucker over 400 feet to center field as well. I was wondering if maybe this is the right opponent, too. I was thinking about this during the game. Coming off of 
the Texas debacle, an off day, and the fact that you're playing this just San Diego superstars and for you know a, a lot of peers, right? Dominican peers for Teo and for Julio, and you know to to play those guys and just some of the fraternity they have, the competition they have. I was wondering if that may be healthy. It certainly was yesterday. Let's hope so today in a matinee as they try to go get that Eddie Vedder Cup. Yeah, they'll have uh, George Kirby on the mound against Michael Walker for the day game. Injury updates. Marco Gonzalez is going to be out about a month with a flexor strain in the left forearm. That could be worse. It's not Tommy John, at least it's for now. It's not attached to the UCL, right? I mean, that's been the positive. It is not attached right. in any way right now and but associated with the UCL. You just, you know, you never know where those forearms go. Fortunately, he's had it before, so hopefully this will be just about a month. And then uh, good to see Andres Munoz and Dylan Moore back on the roster yesterday. Trevor Gott, unfortunately, heads to the IL. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, it was a good day of practice yesterday for the Seahawks. No real news coming out of it, which I think is a good thing. It was just a normal business as usual. Everybody was out there or at least back. Jordan Brooks, Jamal Adams, both present, but obviously neither are practicing yet after their injury. Sounds like the rookies have been really impressive. Tyler Lockett made a special point to talk about how great Jackson Smith and Jigba's been and said the same about Devin Witherspoon. Oh, man, I love him, man. I love the way that he plays. Um, obviously, I hadn't been able to go out there and actually go with the team, but just being able to see how he plays when we're out there doing um, a little faster walkthrough, when I'm watching him out there as he's kind of like, you know, doing his little movements, like you can tell he knows the game. You can tell um, he knows when to sit, when not to sit, when to jump, when to play it safe. And the more and more he understands the plays and he understands the freedom that he has to be able to know when to do certain things and when not to, I think he's going to be a really, really great player. You know what's not always easy to characterize or quantify? Presence. Not it factor. I'm just talking about, you know, we talk about quarterbacks with that it factor. I'm not talking about it factor. I'm just talking about presence. The way you carry yourself. And and yet it is something that as you go watch practice today, Salk, you'll notice. You'll be like, yeah, man, Jackson Smith and Jigba just has a presence mm-hmm. to him. And it feels like he belongs. Devin Witherspoon just feels like, gosh, it just feels like he belongs. I think that's what Tyler is referencing there. Right, you felt that, and as I got more years in the league, and I didn't have as many as Tyler, obviously, but I know in like year three and four and five, you started to see these rookies come in, and and it was pretty quickly like, yep, yep, this guy's just got a presence, got a way about him that it is just natural. There's nothing that is too big for him, and gives you confidence that he's going to be able to come in even as a rookie in a difficult league and perform. Here's the third thing you need to know. Yeah, I, I could just been talking about this all day, and we'll spend a few more minutes on it coming up. But the the merger yesterday between Live Golf and the PGA Tour is an incredibly explosive story with long term ramifications across the sports world because it wasn't really a merger; it was more of an acquisition. Live Golf and really the Saudi investment fund essentially purchased the PGA Tour yesterday. There's not too many other ways to look at this, and so it brings up a lot of questions about why things went the way they did how messy were the tours financials behind the scenes why did they need to take this money how boxed in were they and why did they lie to their members for so long and leave them all hung out to dry 
it, it is an mm. ugly, ugly situation. It is sad for golf. On one hand, on the other hand, it will reunite the best players in the world and end this weird year of watching these guys perform on two different tours, which has not been great for the game. Yeah, on first blush, like yesterday, I'm like, oh, this is great. It, it does bring the players all back. And then the more we talk about it, and we did earlier today, and we'll do so again here in a few minutes. I, I mean, how much, how ostracized will those players? Because ultimately, it took those players, like an indecent proposal, taking the money, having having a sum on their head to finally say, "Yeah, okay, fine, I'll do it. I'll leave. I'll, I'll take your hundreds of millions of dollars." Phil Mickelson and Patrick Reed and Dustin Johnson. It took those characters in this story, Saul. It mm-hmm. did. It did. And I know that, you know, you did a bunch of research and, and you were just hot on this topic, which is great. And there's merger and acquisition guys on the board that they were certainly the the, the, the the key characters behind the scenes. But it first took those players to say, yeah, I got a price. I got a price. And once they did, this ball started rolling. Yep. 100% sure. There you go. That is everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Speaking of presence. Yes. As I was saying that, I was reminded of, remember that intern that I tried to do a demo with early on, really neat guy and neat kid. And like, this is like year two or three. So you don't remember. You did but an intern. You did a demo with an intern. Sure. I did it with most of the interns. I'd give them, Hey, you know, you've been doing this for a while. Let's just go do a half hour segment. Let's go do it. Let's do radio. You did? Yes. And there were a number of them that just loved it and did great. And then there were a few of them where you're like, and this poor kid at the top of the list. I'm like. He's like, I, I guess, I think so. I'm like, no, seriously, let's just do it. It won't be anywhere. Where this isn't live. We're not on the air. And he just couldn't do it. He was so nervous. <laughs> you know, he was like Roger. Like Roger and Tacoma. Oh, oh, like geez. Roger and Tacoma. Yeah. I mean, and, Very and, sad. And, yeah, and no matter how much convincing, I think even Kyle Brown was taping it, right? Or he was in the room. How much coaxing? Like, come on, bro, you got it. You just, it just wasn't, wasn't going to happen. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't going to be, unfortunately. Okay. So you get that feel with interns and the presence they have too. you, you kind of, <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with. Oh all no, this. you kind of know it. You kind of, yeah, I think you kind of get a feel for it. Those mm-hmm. that, that can, are going to have a chance to continue on and those that aren't. And did Howdy have any of that presence oh, when he was here? Did he ever walking wow. around like he owned the place? Oh boy. Howdy. Boy, howdy, did he ever. Boy, howdy, did he ever. All right. <laughs> him well, and Mac. Him and Mac probably. I wasn't around strong. for Mac. I didn't. Oh. Uh, that was while I was gone. I missed oh. the, the year Kiwi of the Kiwi. A lot of I know. Sorry yeah. about that. That's all, right. all right. Coming up, uh, we do have a, we're going to go sad and then happy. How's that? Like, okay. we're going to take a full range of emotions, a full tour coming up next on Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports. On 710salesports.com, this hour brought to you by 3010 Weight Loss for Life. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. This song is called Primal Scream, and that may very well have been what Rory McIlroy did yesterday when he first heard the news that Liv had essentially purchased the PGA Tour after everything he had said over the last year, after the loyalty he had shown, after the money he gave up, which was second only to Tiger Woods. It, I mean, rumored to be, what, $600 million that he passed on by staying with the Tour. To find out that this had happened yesterday is is truly a crazy, got to be an unbelievable moment for him, for Tiger, mm. for Hideki Matsuyama, for all of those guys who opted to stay. Now, So there's all kind of Rory's at the RBC where everybody was meeting yesterday because he won it last year. Otherwise, I don't know if it's not a it's not a huge event, but he won it last year. So he's there again. 
I guess in the meeting, Brock, because this is another whole part of it is how these golfers all handle it. Things obviously got heated. I'm reading from Golf WRX here who says the meeting produced some fireworks. And according to the Telegraph Sport, Rory McIlroy was told to bleep off. According to the report, McIlroy was defending PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan when Grayson Murray, random golfer, kept yelling at Monahan, "We don't trust you, Jay. You lied to our face." McElroy responded by saying, "Just play better, Grayson." To which Murray responded by telling Rory to f off. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah. Man. yeah. On the surface, this is a golf topic. But it's not right, a on, golf topic. On the surface, it is a golf topic. But you just peel back uh, a layer here, and it is so much more than mm-hmm. that. You keep peeling and keep peeling and keep peeling. And knowing you, I knew this yesterday. I knew I knew two things yesterday. I knew, number one, when you said you don't know and, and don't experience sadness, that something could very well come. And this, this has come your way. So that's number one. I knew that was coming. Number two, I knew this was a topic that you would just be interested. Can I guess what oh. Can I guess what number two is? Oh, go ahead, more. Yeah. That Salk's here for the drama. <laughs> I do like drama. Oh, yeah. I do like a little of the drama. Oh, and, but I also yes. I also am fascinated by the behind the scenes and the business Correct. element of this and yep, the blueprint. The and... I, I got so many different parts to this, right? I mean, Kyle was there's just in here. And to and I were this, talking there's about sport it. to this. There's relationship to this. There's the power brokers in the dark suits that yep. work in the dark corners. I mean, it's just it's loaded with Money, all of it. All finding this is it's... missing. Is what's his name for Vanderpump? <laughs> if only, Tom yes, yes. If we find out he's involved, he might as well be. I find that more interesting. Uh, I don't know, man. This 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 hits on so many other parts of sports. And as Kyle was saying, he and I were talking during a break earlier. He's like, you know, basically, Liv was just a Trojan horse for the Saudis to find them their way into the city of golf, into the PGA yes. Tour. Yes. Can they do that in other sports? We'll see. I certainly don't think it's impossible. So that's kind of one one element of it. And another tentacle, Brock, is what we were just talking about with Rory, who's arguably right now the most interesting figure in who was left in the PGA Tour, other than Tiger, who's just not really playing anymore right. just because of health. And Rory finally spoke today. But it's not live. I think that's the thing. I still hate live. Like, I hate live. Like, I... I Hope it goes away. And I He's saying hate for those who uh, don't speak hate. He hates them, not that he oh, hits them. I fully expect that it does. Um, and I think that's where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF. Very different from Live. All I've got, tried to do is protect what the PJ Tour is and what the PJ Tour stands for. And I think it will continue to, to do that. Um, so, look, going forward, I hope that there's, you know, there may be a team element and you're going to see maybe me, maybe whoever else play in some sort of team golf, but I don't think it'll look anything like Liv has looked. And I think that's a good thing. Ugh, there's a lot of assumptions and thinking there, Rory. There's a lot of assumptions and thinking that it's going to be more PGA Tour-esque than it is Liv-esque. I mean, I there's think a- those are the assurances he's been given. And and, and if oh, you listen to... assurances he's been given... From Jay Monaghan, right? Exactly. Correct. But from Jay Monahan's point of view, what he has said is that they cut this deal in order to try to save some of the integrity of what makes the PGA Tour itself. What do you do about the players that left more from Rory? There still has to be consequences to actions. You know, the people that left the PGA Tour irreparably harmed this tour, started litigation against it. Like, 
we can't just welcome them back in. Like, that's not going to happen. And I think that was the one thing that Jay was trying to get across yesterday. Is like, guys, we're not just going to bring these guys back in and pretend like nothing's happened. No, but then what are you going to do for the guys like Rory and Jordan and Justin and Rom, et cetera, who, Scotty Scheffler, who turned down gazillions of dollars? And I don't, I don't so the, know what you was, do with that. He was asked that, and he said the easy answer is yes, like they should be. But the complicated answer is how could you possibly recompensate, recompensate them now? Them right. It doesn't actually make any sense. They've just lost that money. Mm-hmm. What a bizarre situation. And yet, Rory, if you go back to the start of the story, was the one defending Jay Monahan. Why? Because I'm sure he understands what I was talking about an hour ago, which is that Monahan didn't really have a choice. He was forced into a corner, and this is not a this is not a report, but I have heard rumblings from people that are more in the know than I am that the final straw that pushed Monahan and the tour to act is that John Rom was going to jump. Really, I don't. I'm not. That is not a report. Okay, mm-hmm. that is not me reporting. That is rumor. But there is a rumor out there that that was going to be the last straw. Now, and if they had lost them, John Ron, they were done. What pushed them in the last straw is that the, this fund has more money than they know what to do with, and will outlast them, outgun them, outwork them, and win them in the courts of discovery and everything else in all of these proceedings. So they, R- Rory talked about that. Honestly, I've just resigned myself to the fact that this is. You know, this is what's going to happen. Like this is, it's, it's very hard to keep up with people that have more money than anyone else. <laughs> and again, if they want to put that money into the game of golf, then why don't we partner with them and make sure that it's done in the right way? Well, it's not a partner. That's the problem. They're they're going to run the show. It's their money. They're the investor. They're the one that bought you out. This is not a partnership. This is not a 50-50. It is not the PGA coming and, you know, having or 51-49. It's, it's certainly by all accounts and what we know now, that's not the way this is laid out. They came in and bought you out. They came in and took you over. Mm-hmm. They came in at a time in dis- disrupting the entire market at a time where you were vulnerable financially because of COVID, as Andre Gonzalez told us in the last three years. And, and hemorrhaging money, and they came in and and had what was what was the characterization, Justin, of and, and who labeled those initial players that walked away from the tour? They were. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm losing it here. Um, those the Dustin Johnsons and the and the players that left Patrick Reed. They yeah. were uh, traders. They, well, they were traders, but there was a there was a, a term that you used last hour, Justin. You quoted somebody as saying that they were. I mean, they were the problem. They were the ones that left. They were the ones that, that took the money, as Rory said. And there's gonna have to be there's gonna have to be some level of repercussion to that. But why would the the owner, the investor, allow there to be that if they're truly the ones in charge? Correct. Now here's here's the other thing. And this is I mean, like again, the tentacles on this are are fascinating. Like I could go honestly into any one of these subjects in great detail. There is no guarantee that this deal goes through. Yeah. That's the other thing. There are senators that are not happy at all. They feel lied to. And I've been reading about this throughout the morning. There's two, three, four senators and other people in government that can, at the very least, try to slow this down. Can they block it? Maybe they could. They could block it. But here's the problem you run into. Okay, let's and Brandel Chambly brought this up yesterday. Let's say they block it. Let's say the government steps in and says, sorry, this is an antitrust violation. You've created a monopoly. We're not going to allow this deal to go through. We block the merger. It happens. Not very often, but it happens. Mm -hmm. Let's say they do. 
What do you think every golfer in the PGA Tour is going to do? Go to live because there's they now know that they're working for an organization that A, sold them out, B, got played, and C, doesn't have enough financial wherewithal to handle the future. So they can't in good conscience stay there. So their live is going to win in some way. The Saudis are going to win in some way, one way or another, whether they end up buying the PGA Tour, which is probably the preferred route. Or they just end up taking over the world of golf because the other tour crumbles. So eventually, fast forward a year, 15 months, whatever it's going to take. Does this impact Mike Solg's viewing of golf? I think it's going to impact anybody who views golf. And and it may be in some ways for the positive and other ways for the negative, right? I mean, it's been too bad for the last year, right, that Brooks and Phil and... You know, Cam Smith and Dustin, all these guys are not around and, and, and they're not playing on the same tour. That's been not great for the viewing experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, Brock, I mean, like, I don't I don't know what it looks like. Are there some some tournaments that are normal and some that are team tournaments? Do we throw out the idea that I mentioned earlier where you have some sort of a year long team competition by by equipment company, which I actually think would be kind of interesting. Whether can you can you flush the morality of it? Would you will you be able as a fan to be sports washed? Will you be able you think well, to tune in? Will and just I go- be sports washed? So here's the question: If I watch and don't think about it, does that mean that I am okay with the atrocities in Saudi Arabia? Right. Not really. I mean, so I don't think it's going to make me think. Hey, you know what? These guys are actually okay. That's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I look, I mean, you know, how do you handle all? It's a good question you ask. How do you handle things in your life that you want that come with, you know, a knowledge that somebody that mm-hmm. you don't like mm-hmm. is benefiting? Right. How do you handle the player on your team that has committed some sort of an atrocity? How do you handle like, Yep. I don't know, man. What do you do? I know. And where does it stop? And, you know, well, how, how do you handle wearing Nike shoes? I have a friend of mine, dear friend of mine, that won't wear Nike anymore. Yeah, like, I get you're going to wear Nike. No, I'm not. I'm not going to wear Nike. And he, to this day, doesn't wear Nike for a, a number of reasons, um, you know, and, or different stances. That they did. And Starbucks, I, and I right? I, I drink Look, Starbucks. I, I and people will be like, why are you drinking Starbucks? Right. How in the world can you still support Howard Schultz? He, he tore a team out, right? I mean, there's <laughs> Starbucks around. I mean, like, because uh, I don't have the energy to go fight every one of these battles. And it was easy to not watch live, right? It was Correct. easy to just, well, they're on no network and YouTube. Yep. Like, I don't need to watch that. That's easy. Yep. But I'm probably going to watch golf. I, I mean, that's like, I, I don't know how I'd fall asleep every day. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, that's a big part of my life. Yes. So, I, I, I mean, it, hey, I it got, is. Are, are, I, got, I got a response here. I got something I got to read, by okay. the way, before we get to ranked. <clears throat> this is a response that comes in. <clears> hmm. <throat> Still hammering me for my ill-fated appearance, are you? To be accurate, I was good once and not so good the second time. Oh, jeez. Poor Roger. <laughs> Poor Roger from Tacoma. Just always getting and killed. And to be fair to Roger, he's right. I mean, he is hitting 500. He did so. come back and do a he better did. He job. He did. He, he came for back For those who don't know, it. I mean, Roger from Tacoma, who is a great, great caller. Or we used to have came, a top five came, listener board. Came into the studio mm-hmm. and found out that talking in studio was a little harder than calling in. Could this team have a little more of a reset? It's going to have more of a reset. And uh, the... Um... <laughs> I'm sorry. 
No worry about it. You're all good. <laughs> you're, you're with family right here, Raj. Why would you do this song? Why would you play this song? That wasn't well, good. Don't do that. That's the sound. That is the sound of Roger swallowing because he was so nervous about what had just happened. <laughs> Hopefully, you're listening in HD radio and you can hear that. And it just doesn't sound like AM static. <laughs> Roger, come on, man. Don't mess with the bull. You'll get the horns. So it's time for ranked. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. <laughs> Hold on. This. I'm not buying it. I love Roger. Hold I on. Love, I love Roger. Hold on great, a second. Great guy. Da- Dallas dude, right? Went to Steve. We, oh, we went to lunch great afterwards. Guy. And then you made fun of the fast eater. Remember the fast eater? Yeah. I got an email from him. He's down at ASU, like going to grad school to do like player development management. Is that Kyle in Port Orchard? Yeah. 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 Stayed yeah. in touch with him. Good guy. Yes. Of course, you had Jesse and Bothell. Haven't heard from Jesse. I'm thinking about we need a top five caller yeah. again. I'm thinking about it. I'm <laughs> thinking long and hard. Well, it's Brock, it. with all the news today and Jay Monahan, uh, you know, being right in the thick of all of it, the commissioner of the PGA Tour. We thought we would rank Jays. We've got Jays ranked today. Oh. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jays ranked. But the letter J, J A Y. Jays, but we tried to go out it of our way matter, not to do DJs or JPs or anything like that. The only people yeah. we'll mention are a couple of JJs, like JJ oh. Abrams, JJ Watt, JJ Reddick, JJ mm-hmm. Stokes. Right? You got to mention a couple of just JJs. That's what they go by. Right, they're JJ. Yeah, we're not shortening that. But That's you got funny. others, right? Like Jam Master J. J-A-Y, all the letters of his name. Cutting and scratching all the aspects of his game. So check out the master as he cuts these jams. And look at us with the mics in our hand. Jam That's a, Master J. That's, so That's primitive. 80s. <laughs> That's, 80s or That's 90s. Run DMC, man. I mean, like, he's he's a legend and yeah. an innovator. J-Rock. Win, 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 win. It's got to think of Michael Bennett. For the baseball boys, doesn't it, Brock? That's got to be played for them. Pretty good. That was what I initially <laughs> tried to quietly sing under when you guys made me sing and you told me it wasn't good enough. Don't, don't make, don't me, make sing. me sing. Oh, don't make me sing. Oh, when you did DMX instead? <laughs> yeah. Stop. Oh, don't make Drop. me sing. <laughs> Open up shop We got now. Jay Sean. Whoa. Feeling all three of those got a little upbeat, a little right. positive. How about the like OJs? Now you don't have OJ, right? No. Okay. No, that's just like a DJ. But, a but JP. OJs is a little bit OJ. different. That's the OJs. Uh, Jay Buchanan from Rival Sons. Son of Shotgun, Rebel Sons. Love that song. I don't think that's Rebel Sons. Oh, you know what I might have done right there? Not put in Rebel Sons? That's what I did. Yeah. That's definitely not Rebel Sons. That's definitely not. That's okay. How dare you, First, you forget. Tough to crack this top five. I, I know what I did. You put in the Glorious Sons. Glorious Sons, which is just oh, a straight up different band. How dare you? It's all right. What happens? Brock, you know Jay Giles' band, right? 
I mean, I've heard that song. I had no idea that was the Jay Giles, Giles band. Peter Wolf, former DJ at WBCN. Yeah. Oh, WBCN. Yeah. Yes. You know that. Sure. I figured you did. I, I knew that was a big part of your life. <laughs> Do you know who Jay Chandr- Chandrastikar is? Jay Chandrastikar. No. Yeah, yeah. Almost made it. <laughs> it's uh, the guy from Broken Lizard and Super Troopers. I know you know Here who fast. the uh, longtime coach at Villanova was. Jay Wright. Right. You got a couple of Duke boys. We mentioned J.J. Reddick. And Jay oh, yeah. Williams. Jay Williams. And, and lawyer and basketball commentator extraordinaire. Jay Billis. Jay Billis. Uh-huh. Of course, you got NFL insider Jay Glazer. And former kicker Jay oh, Feely. Uh-huh. Not to mention coach Jay Gruden. Have we gone from list to <laughs> fill in the blank? Well, I'm just trying to see if Brock can guess any. Oh, John's brother, Jay. Yep. How about okay. the uh, governor of Washington? Uh, Jay in, uh, in Jay Inslee. Inslee. Yes. Inslee. You got flying Jays. Yes. Flying Jays. You got the actors identifies? like Truck Jim stop. J. Bullock and Jay Hernandez, Jay Farrow from SNL. Brock, you got former quarterback Smokin' Jay. Ooh, uh, Cutler. There yeah. you go. I knew you would have yes. that. And then uh, maybe the worst person on television history. What an Irish Stop. legend. If you kiss this, you will receive Stop. the gift of gab. It's the Blarney... Rubble? The Blarney <laughs> Rubble. Yes, you kiss Blarney Rubble. Yes. Jay Leno, of course. Not a fan of Leno, are you? Not really. Not funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. The fact that he's not funny. Uh, of course, Brock, for preppy clothing, you would go to... J. Crew. There you go. J. And Crew. in Toronto, they have the... Toronto Blue Jays. That's right. And then you've got the... Stellar's J as well. Founding father and first head of the Supreme Court. <sighs> I should know that. Yeah, the second governor of New York. That would be John Jay. We were looking for John, John Jay. Jay. Change the name of this segment to Things That Exist. Jay yes. Rockefeller. Of course, you got yes, Jay Rockefeller, yeah. former mayor. Maura, Jay, you've not done your Jay open Bruce. to this show lately. Jay Moore. Yep. A lot of Jays out there. Yeah, there are. Jay Cole. I know everybody likes Jay Cole. Yep. Don't save She don't want to be saved. Don't save Oh, what about? She don't want to be saved. Actually, I don't want to take it away because it might be in your top five. So I'm not going to say anything in just case. I got five left, so uh, this is this is what I've got left for the uh, for the top. Well, J. Edgar Hoover. Mm, you don't God, want to I'm leave exhausted. Him Good movie. J. Edgar. J. Edgar Hoover. All right, you yeah, ready for a uh, for a top five, no. Brock? No J. Walking either. Number five. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Michael J. Fox. Had to be on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael J. Fox. He's a legend. He is. He probably actually should be number four and number five. I should probably switch these, but I had it number four. In my hand, if that money doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, oh. My jungle love. So ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. Very little of this song we can use. Know wow. you, know is that Jay-Z? Yeah. No, that's uh, Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Jay-Z. There's very little Jay of Jay and Silent Bob that you can use. What's his name? Jason Muse? That I think it's right. his actual name. Mm-hmm. That dude's a riot. Number three, Brock. I like the teams that basically 
aren't going out and spending 50, 60, 70 million bucks and they're competing day in and day out. I love yeah. that. And the I way the too. kids yeah. play hard. I like a kid that busts his butt down the yeah. first baseline on a ground ball back to the pitch. Punch, Punch him vomit. in the kidneys. Punch probably, him in the kidneys. I'd probably vomit. Gosh. What guy. would you think if they re-signed Ichiro? I'd vomit. Oh, all right. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> what? What oh, a moment a, that he's was. He's a beauty. He is a beauty. Gosh. Yeah, he is uh, number three in our list of Jays. <laughs> number two. Stolen, I think, by the doctor. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. And yet another Laker turnover. It did mm. not make our list of top five dunks, but it does make our list of top five Jays. Dr. Dr. J. J. Julius Irving. 509. Is this a memory segment of how many Jays you can list? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Too many J's. Thank you, Five and I. Not enough memory. Appreciate you sitting through it. (laughs) Here you are. They think this makes them impressive. So who do you think I? What do you think I missed? I I was worried you were going to miss Jay Buhner, so you got it. No, I got Jay Buhner in there. He's top five J. This is. There's only one that can be left. I mean, there's only one guy could be the number one J. Possibly the king. At least you got number one. Thanks, Mark. Yes, Mr. J. Z. Z. J to the the Z. Z. J to the Z. How many of those J's did you know, Brock? A bunch. Quite a few, actually. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. pretty well with J's today. Nice job. Pretty solid. Nice job on that. So we're going to tape with Derek Hall. We're going to chat with him. Yep. We'll have Derek Hall on the show tomorrow. We'll Mm. have Jerry Depoto on the show tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, we'll be here tomorrow. I'm going to need a picture of you and him to see how teeny he makes you look. Again. No. (laughs) No more of these ridiculous photos making me look teeny next to these mountainous people. Be proud of it. You you, you just. I mean, I'm happy to look thin, but I don't need to look small. You're just a little man. Mm. Like you guys and confused Murray. everyone. People are wondering where MJ, KJ, oh, like we, we made up that. these rules. We didn't do JP, yeah. KJ, yeah. DJ. Yeah, no, OJ. no, we're not doing that. That's not part of this. No. No. Come on, guys. Seems really try to try to keep it up. Seems super simple. Try to keep up. That's all I'm saying. Just try to keep up. <laughs> With the arbitrary rules you <laughs> up for this. You've been doing list. this for over a year. Just learn the rules. It's not that hard. Jay Depoto with us tomorrow. We gotta go. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Stick around for Bump and Stacy. Until then, the hey. Bombard. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!